Well, greetings, everyone. This is Dr. Barry, Comb Culture Creations. Uh, the last few weeks, we've been dealing with Monday maintenance, and I've had the pleasure of engaging uh, Deacon Eric Dose, Reverend Timothy Robinson, and Mr. Jeffrey Eugene Logan, uh, who I've known well over 50 years. And today, I'm privileged to have all three of the voices with me at one time. I have uh, two in person, and Reverend Robinson is in Almost Heaven, West Virginia, uh, my wonderful hometown, Charlestown, West Virginia. And we're going to share and just uh, let you listen in as we uh, wrap up as it relates to calm, culture, creation, and then maintenance and preventive maintenance. So good morning. I'll ask, uh, I'll let each of you introduce yourself and I'll start with you, uh, Mr. Uh, Jeff Logan, if you would give us a short, brief introduction. And you all understand why I said that in a minute. Well, you got how much battery life do you have? See what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, good, good morning to you all. My name is Jeffrey Eugene Logan. I'm the second born son of the Willie Lewis Logan Jr. and Virginia Lee Parker Logan Union, and uh, glad to be amongst the saints. Uh, they brought me over here to the new Macedonia Baptist Church, and we're in the upper room. All right, Deacon Eric Dolce, you introduce yourself. All right, good morning. I am Eric Dolce, and uh, I'm happy to be here. My wife is is uh, a great lady named Nana. I got two daughters and uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll see what the Lord says uh, about about number three. We'll see what he says very soon. But I'm um, just grateful to be with you, brethren, this morning. So you gonna leave the prodigy out? You ain't gonna, you gonna, you're not gonna tell him you, you got Anthony. That's what I said. I'm waiting, waiting to find oh, out. Oh, I thought he, free. I thought he was. That's already, it's already done. Reverend Robinson? Yes, sir. Good morning. My name is Reverend Timothy W. Robinson. I'm up here in Charlestown, West Virginia. Uh, married to my beautiful wife for over 30 years. Uh, two daughters. And just strive and do what God has called me to do. Amen? Yeah. And what that? What does that W stand for? Wade. Yes, sir. Okay. That's Wade, our, like Wade in the water? W-A-D-E. That's our... No, um, Youngest uncle. Oh, okay. That's Tiny Baby. You remember Tiny? Yeah. That's Tiny Baby's middle. That's mm -hmm. Tiny Baby's first name. Mm -hmm. Wait. Yep. So, again, it's a pleasure to have you all, and um, and I'm grateful to have you on the um, podcast this morning. So we're going to talk about initially. We're just going to talk about calm, and uh, again, I know you've given various aspects of it, but. Uh, when you think of the word or when you what first comes to mind when you hear calm and if it's anything that you want to uh, interject in between and since you're in the middle eric i'm gonna go with you first when you hear the word calm uh just um some of what you shared before if anything new has come up then give that to us and we'll chat about it a little bit yeah i think i think last time uh, I, I think i mentioned something about um calming a storm but but uh, this morning, when you said the word calm, the first word that came to mind was relaxed. Okay. Just, you know, a picture like somebody just laid back, mm -hmm. feet up, and, uh, you know, enjoying the moment mm -hmm. in peace. 
Okay. Jeff, you want to piggyback on that? Well, yeah, from uh, from a spiritual perspective, hopefully um, that is what we are receiving from uh, our relationship with our Heavenly Father, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but I want to take it in a different, or put a little slant on it, and hopefully our walk is allowing us to take it in and then push it back out to where others get a calmness or feel a serenity from being in our midst. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're supposed to be a peculiar people. But one of those things that um, hopefully that we're bringing to the table is a sense of calmness to chaos because it's a lot going on in this world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Reverend Robson? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm, since I'm in almost heaven, uh, calmness when you really think about it, uh, as, even after that last talk, is getting away. Uh, there's always been a piece about being out in nature and uh, hearing water run, you know, listening to God's creation, and once again being at peace and just relaxing and enjoy what's around you. Right, and I remember you mentioned that before, um, and of course, and I was sharing how I would be—I was looking forward to when we get together because uh, we don't get much of that water running here. And when you're talking about water running, you're talking about streams and lakes. Yeah, we, you know, that's uh, pumped in, if you will. Um, and um, so running down gutters. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Right, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. yeah. Yeah, whether it's calming or not, and then. Um, and Dean Dose, I remember you mentioned also quiet strength. That was, uh, what was that word? La force et calme. Yeah, yeah, that's Oh, oh wait a minute, that's a fast pitch. My dad's phrase that, that, you yeah, know. Latin? No, French. Okay. Uh, la force, strength, et calme. La force, la force, calm. Yeah. So that's calm, la quiet strength. Calme. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strength is quiet. Strength okay. Is quiet. Strength is calm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was my dad's. Uh, one of his, one of his many sayings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Was he calm when he said it? Oh yeah. Oh. Was, was as cool as a cucumber, ice cube, ain't got nothing on him. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was always mellow. You see, I like, I, that's, that's, the, I like that quiet strength. Um, and I, I, try, I attempt to, to uh, maintain that. Um, but again, you know, that's a. Uh, one day at a time, uh, step by step, peace. Mm -hmm. Okay. So anybody else have anything they want to share as it relates to calm? Uh, you know, you driving, but I'm just asking. What's your, what's your take? Oh, it was, it was so what, you drinking coffee? I said the quiet, you didn't hear me? I said the quiet strength. Well, I'm not drinking coffee, this is hot chocolate. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> hot chocolate, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. When I think of calm, again, you know, I just think of, of smoothness, mm -hmm. and I like the piece on the, um, like I said, the quiet strength. Yeah, and I, I think of, um, you know, I think of the the Bible when it says a uh, soft answer turns away right. Mm -hmm. I know that to be right. true, right. Um, because you know when we're we're calm, and that's really that's the uh, nail that I'm trying to hit and get at. You know that if we approach things in a um, a calm, a more calm posture, you know we'll have a, a I think a better outcome or uh, a positive outcome versus um, just kind of. Um, 
you know, firing back at one another or just taking on situations and um, not really thinking it through. So I think that calm atmosphere causes us to causes us to slow down if we're going to embrace it. Causes us to to think things through and 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 kind of embrace what's before us. You know what? Um, just just off of what you said, um, Doctor Bear. You know the uh, uh, I was remembering a class that I took in college. My sociology professor was explaining the psychology of riots. Mm -hmm. And he was explaining how, you know, if you notice, when a riot is popping off in, mm -hmm. in, the, in the major part of town, mm -hmm. the police don't ever come out. Right. Because kind of the idea is what happens when the people are, are like riled up like that, mm -hmm. the presence of the police actually escalates up. Yeah, yeah it escalates. Yeah. So, so the, 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 uh, the actual term uh, that they use is de-escalation. Right. Mm -hmm. So 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 a, a a a lack of reaction is actually to promote that calm. Because after because you know you can't stay that that angry mm -hmm. if nobody's opposing you for too long. Right. Right. You know, but like when when the forces come out to attack. So you know we have that phrase now, you know, come with that same energy or you know mm -hmm. people people use that mm -hmm. phrase as if to like you know almost threaten you. But you know, if we approach with the same calm, you know, that would be that would be maybe a, mm -hmm. a counteractive. Right. So, you know, see, don't say you didn't you didn't you didn't got me flowing. See, but you hit you uh you drove over in that lane. You know, he did a lane change <laughs> without a signal on. And you, you came on over to the public safety field yes, side of things. That's what I do all day, every day. True. And and it's it's. What you just mentioned was was dead on or spot on, because uh, I work at uh, the Prince George County Department of Corrections, mm -hmm. and so you know there are a lot of individuals being housed together, mm -hmm. and it's a forced fit, if right, you will. Right. So imagine, now, let's just take like one housing unit where you can have like a hundred different personalities in there, mm -hmm. and like the officers and other staff that interact with them, you have to have first and foremost in your mind to say to create an atmosphere of right, right. not passivity but calmness right. and you always have to be in control of your emotions mm -hmm. and if you ratchet yourself up they feed off of that right. you always have to be that presence of keeping them that's calm. right mm -hmm. yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. and, and uh, again just to come back around I used to work in um, Victor Cullen it was a detention center for boys and so they was a ward of the state and um, they had all these levels that they would go through and mm -hmm. confronting one another, you know. And um, one day, I mean, I was new there, you know, I just told, you know, I didn't go through any levels and I just told the kid, you know, to go to bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and he was, next thing you know, he hollering, screaming, so what, sir? So you think, you know, he, he fired off on me mm -hmm. because, you know, I didn't approach him a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's, um, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, well, let's uh, move on to uh, culture. This is a little different, and I think we'll get uh, um, a host of things here, but when you think of, when you initially think of culture, um, what's your initial thought? Reverend Robinson, I'm going to come back to um, you on that. When you hear the word culture, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, foundation, uh, the way you was raised, what's going on around you. Okay. Uh, I won't say fitting in. I said learn, learn what's going on around you. 
uh, as you continue to, uh, uh, once again, you can try to set your own atmosphere, but you got to know what's going on before you can do that. Okay. All right. Eric? Yeah, so uh, immediately, I don't remember what I said last time, but, but um, uh, when I think, when I heard the word culture this morning, I thought about food and language, mm -hmm. you know, just because those are some of the practical expressions of, of, uh, of cultures around the world. You know, what's available to your people right. is what you're going to eat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, they say that there's all these different words for snow mm -hmm. in, in amongst the Eskimos. Right. You know, for right. us, it's like three or four at most. But when you got to deal with, you know, snow all the time, there's different ways to describe it. So, so the language switches up according to the need and according to your environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he must have had his coffee before he came in. He don't, I don't think he drink. You drink coffee? You think. know what? I'm a coffee snob. I'm, I, I only do certain coffees. Okay. Yeah. Reverend Robson, you drink coffee? Yes, sir. You already had your coffee this morning? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I don't drink coffee. I made so much coffee. For my mother, I like the smell of it, but I don't right. drink it. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. All right, Jeff, when you hear culture, what, what initially comes to mind? Indigenous indoctrination or indoctrination through yeah. experiential living. That's what comes to mind, because the hot chocolate been kicked in. <laughs> so now my thesaurus is open. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so uh, I can repeat that. and. Um, I said indigenous right. because, like you stated, you know, and, and Reverend Robinson did as well, where you are planted geographically is going to have a lot to do with what you experience um, at whatever point that you are in your life. But definitely those formative years, like zero, you know, baby or infant all the way through like they say, most of our patterns are set by four or five years old, mm -hmm. psychologically speaking. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily spiritually, when you talk about the spiritual realm, but <clears throat> we are always then living and learning things that affect us culturally from where we are. So we grew up, for instance, in, in Russia. Uh, we may drink vodka as right. like water. That's right. We grow up in India. Um, well, actually, they do the religious thing much earlier, where they're saying to themselves, like you could say, they could say, like that cow could be uh, through reincarnation. I was going to say, don't don't slap a cow. Right, 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 do that. right. And then for us, it's a hamburger in the United States of America. So, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's it's a number one on most fast food menus. You know. Mm -hmm. Uh, other than Chick-fil-A and, and Chipotle, mm -hmm. but uh, if they serve beef. And um, I said the part about it, the indigenous, and then it's like, you know, indoctrination. What what people feed into us, mm -hmm. um, they're, they're indoctrinating us into a culture that supported them or that they have evolved to, that they believe in, and then say, I want to, I want to, make my children or the individuals that I interact with, I want them to get this part of the culture. So like the four of us are Christians, 
So anyone that we encounter, they're going to get that cultural experience through us, whether we say it or whether we just do it by us being who we are. And then they might ask you, like, you know, Deacon Doe say, uh, where you where you go on the weekend? You're like, oh, I'm in church. What church is that? What faith is that? What so? Um, and I don't want to be too long winded, but but you you know, yeah. You already already forewarned them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, much appreciated. Much yeah. Appreciated. So again, the uh, but it has to be experienced as well. So if you said food and 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 you know environment, it, it just speaks so much. It speaks volumes. If we if we grow up, well, no, let me make it. Let me personalize it. So I grew up in a home where it was my nuclear family initially was my mom, my dad, me and my brother. But at one point, my mom had to separate from my dad. Then it became a different experience that we had now with the mother being at that head, if you will, of that particular home. But we still interacted with our dad. So now we start experiencing two cultures. Where we used to experience one from both of them being together. Mm -hmm. So she started doing things the way she thought she should do them. And when we went to spend time with him, then we had to adapt to right. what he was culturally exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and again, everything you all shared with culture, um, like I said, the, like I said, where uh, geographically, how we were raised. So when you're dealing with people, I guess the more you know about them, um, because various cultures, like any day you could come in here and, um, you know, I had to ask Deacon Dose, I said, okay, we share office space, but, you know, I'm in here, you know, and I might be burned, I'm burning incense. You know, that's like a wasabi for me, and, you know, it's just like, just like, just, I mean, it doesn't, you know, make me, uh, you know, just like want to float, but just the scent and that whole common piece, but some cultures... That's a piece for them. I don't know which one it is, but um, but I know some cultures. Um, when you get into the um, burning incense, or and then some people would take it to a whole nother level. That is, you know, it's uh, right. it's a uh, uh, tapping into something else. But right. I mean, it's just you know, right. it's just some two three dollar incense. Right. Um, but again, like I said, geographically, um, when it comes to setting a um, you know, a culture, you got to take everything in consideration when you're dealing with particular people, you know, because <clears throat> what will calm one might set somebody else off. Like I know one time, one, I don't know which, uh, you mentioned, I think it was calm, you mentioned sometimes you like that whole calm atmosphere, but but you can be productive with a little hecticness as well, wherein, you know, you know, with me, it's like, it's got to be all the way across the board calm, you know. Um, that's one of the reasons. I mean, some people think I'm timely just because I'm timely, but you know, if I'm rushing, you know, um, anything like that, I'm, I'm off step, I'm out of kilter. But you know, I, if I can come in, sit down, whether it's a half hour, 15 minutes prior to something, but not just coming in and they saying, okay, you up, or you, you got to go out and face, or whatever, I would prefer if I had, you know, my way and I was in control of it, you know, I'm going to be as early as I possibly can, be still for a minute, and then go forth. Yeah. So as it relates to culture, anybody got anything else on culture? So let me just throw this in real quick. Okay. It's just because uh, um, that word, I think, uh, 
Brother Jeff brought it up first, geography or geographic. I just want to say, you know, there was a book that I read um, some years ago called The End of Blackness. Okay. And, and that book really helped answer a lot of questions that I had, you know. Um, but, you know, if you brothers ever or whoever's hearing this, you know, I, I recommend it. And, and I've been, I've been thinking about it every, you know, every so often. The end I, of the blackness. End, the end of blackness. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I forget her name. There's a lady, I think the first name was Deborah. Deborah something. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the name. But it was a really eye-opening book because of the, I think geography is under undervalued. Mm -hmm. People don't understand how deeply you know uh, rivers and mountains and streams I know you know our brother you know in almost heaven probably you know uh, could be tempted to take that stuff for granted but but there's there's there's, there's a really strong geographic tie to how cultures emerge out of those natural physical boundaries for us it's just a map Mm -hmm. But there's, it's deeper than that. This lady really helped help me understand something about it. Okay. All right. Ben Robs, you got anything else on culture? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. So um, let's move on to creation. Now, this here, um, of course, and I've mentioned it uh, before when we talk individually. Of course, we know. Um, Creation in the beginning, God created. So we come from that side, and that we actually can't create anything because we, if anything, we're making something because we're doing it out of something that already exists. But in relation to um, creating an atmosphere, you know, um, you know how we go about, you know, creating any type of atmosphere. What are some of the things that we look at, or some of the things that we do? Uh, to create a particular atmosphere, and uh, Jeff, I'm gonna start with you initially. So I don't, I don't remember what I said initially, but I'm just gonna go off of you know, this is extemporaneous, so this is off the cuff. Um, you just stated we don't have the ability to create anything ourselves, but I would say through divine inspiration we can tap into the source meaning God to where we then are utilized as a resource where information is like downloaded to us if you will mm -hmm. and then we're able to do amazing things um, but that's in the spiritual realm, but man in, in, in his in his pride, he always sticks his chest out like he is the one doing all of this. Right. I look at what I did and what I've done and so on and so forth, but um, I don't want to go too far out there. But just from a from a creation perspective, I still always just think about again going back to culture. What I was indoctrinated as to was like. God created the heaven and the earth. I still can remember being a little kid, and my mother sitting me and my brother down on Eli Place, just you know, just saying it, you know, and just like so. When your 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 mind is blank, so everything that's being put before you, and you trust this individual, then you're taking it 
um, pun intended, as the gospel. Um, so, uh, for me, creation was always tied in a spiritual, within a spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was explained early on that, you know, if you let God use you for the kingdom building, he will use you and do great things through you, but don't don't ever trip and think it's you or what's about you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Her? So, um, I think, you know, growing growing up, um, you know, I I remember there was I heard one argument between my parents. Like, and it was late, or I don't know if it was late night or early morning, because my bedroom was on the other side of theirs. So there was just that wall. I knew that they were arguing about something, which was jarring for me, because I never witnessed them actually arguing, you know. Um, so I'm saying that to say, you know, um, they created an atmosphere of very deep respect in me growing up because you know my dad you know always you know deferred to my mom my mom always pointed to dad as the leader you know but but um so between the two of them there was always you know like a give and take but that night <laughs> when I heard them arguing you know like it was like my world was like falling apart it was like you know like like Yo, my whole existence is based on peace between them, you know. So, so you know, creating a uh, creating some kind of atmosphere. Um, I guess you know it can happen unintentionally. It can happen intentionally. Um, but I think it's what it's what's persistent and what's reoccurring mm -hmm. that 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 will create the theme, mm -hmm. you know, and for us, or I'd say for myself, you know, growing up, because my siblings were way older than me, mm -hmm. and I was, you know, number four, mm -hmm. and when I was born, they were 17, 16, and, oh, and wow. 12, okay. mm -hmm. you know, so, so I don't know what they grew up in, right, right, <laughs> right. you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I grew up, you know, in, in a lot of peace, mm -hmm. and a lot of Calm, I guess. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you know, so, so because that was the prevailing mood. So, mm -hmm. so whatever's persistent and consistent is what's going to make that 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 um, that atmosphere. That's what's going to create it. Okay, Reverend Robinson, as it relates to uh, creation or creating a, a particular atmosphere. Yeah. yeah uh, so, uh, since last time we we've had a discussion, there's another discussion that took place. Uh, with with a couple other brothers, and the fact is, uh, we talk about creating calm and whatnot. So in your house, and this is something that you know, I, I guess as life we get to see, is that we have rules and regulations when folks come into our house. You know what they can do, can't do. This is my house. This is my domain. So we we create an atmosphere, and we also create rules and regulations. So. As life goes on and as we grow up, does uh, folks folk get to know who you are and what you're about? And really, as, as God has, I can say, as we grow, we find out what God really does and how we 
create what God has instilled in us. Uh, so, so the peace, uh, you know, we ever say that a man castle is his home. I think you peace at home. We can't get peace anywhere. But, but we create that atmosphere first before others come in, and then they have to buy by what we have created. So that that's a, that that was a new piece that happened since the last time we had a discussion. Uh, we were talking about leadership. And talking about folks being disrespected, not disrespected. And I just brought the point about the fact is, you know, your home is your castle. You created it to do with God. Well, you have created, God has created in you on whichever way you want to operate. But then again, you hold those mandates, people, folks coming to your house, and folks are able to not just come to your house and do anything. Okay. Um, so, again, with with looking at the, uh, as far as creating a particular culture, I mean, a, a, yeah, a particular culture or creating an atmosphere of calm, um, you know, and I mentioned before uh, some of the things that I do to attempt to, to be calm and create this atmosphere is show, it's by showing up extremely, some people extremely early. Um, and then, um, whether it's um, burning incense or, and one thing I can remember when I was being a youth pastor, I went to a conference. It was a youth conference, and the, the person that was leading the class, they came in, and of course, you know, they had a bunch of papers in their hand, and the first thing they did is just, they were the, the notes and everything, they just threw them up in the air in the middle of the classroom. So everybody get a paper or whatever, you know, because it's like, hey, dealing with a youth, we want to be like hyped, so we gonna start the hype right here. We right. just threw everything, right, you know, right. everybody, you know, and it went from there. Right, right. You know, so that was like an electricity, um, creating some electricity in the atmosphere. So, um, Jeff, you got anything else you want to share as relate to uh, creation before I move forward? I actually check your battery. I, mean, I just need to know how your battery doing. My battery is doing good. Okay, all right. It's firing off on all cylinders? Yeah, all cylinders. So I will say, I want to say this about creation as well. Um, so I think all four, I mean, all three of you all know that, uh, you know, music is my language of, that you're talking about, um, well, cultures in the middle comes first, but it brings about calm for me, a serenity, a peace. Um, beyond, you know, another word, ineffable, I-N-E-F-F-A-B-L-E. It can, and the definition of ineffable is it cannot be described in words. So the, the calm that I get, the peace that I get from uh, playing a, a musical instrument or singing just bring, I, I cannot explain it in words. I, there, there are not enough words in the lexicon for me to be able to adequately speak on it. And when I am, uh, when the Lord is using me to create a piece of music, that's another thing that just just takes me there. So from a cultural perspective, I'm glad that my mom and my dad introduced me and my brother to music early on, and um, allowed me the some instruments. My mom got me and my brother like uh, six weeks worth of lessons when we were like 11 and 12 years old and from a financial perspective she couldn't keep that going but I, she she knew the drive and that that thing passion was already inside of me from a little child um so um 
I just want to tie in that calm culture and creation all in all three mm-hmm. from a musical perspective for me. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have any musical ties? I took I took piano lessons, mm-hmm. you know, for for a time. I, I in reflection back on it, um, especially in comparison to what I'm seeing in my own daughters, mm-hmm. in particular my oldest. Um, you know, I think the piano school that I went to, they taught me how to place play songs mm-hmm. they taught me how to read read the music and mm-hmm. play those songs but they didn't teach me music right you know right. what I mean like actual chords and and progression right and, and all of that they didn't teach me that right. and 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 um, I don't know what they're doing at, 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 at uh, I don't, can't even think of the name of the school now but it's right. at the art I don't know what they're doing, but JL is is uh, she is blossoming. She 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 loves it because she's actually creating like her own compositions to like wow. like um the theory to, uh, yeah yeah the theory she's got and, and 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 that's what that that's what the, that's what the teacher said you know they want her to take a, a class in theory because mm-hmm. uh, she's already showing signs of giftedness there so okay. so you know it's not creation as much as it is reforming and reshaping mm-hmm. was already there mm-hmm. she has her own arrangement to uh god bless you mary gentlemen mm-hmm. okay. you know but it's 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 the song yeah. right. she plays it her way right and it's it's um yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah and you said her name is jl that sounds french jl is actually hebrew it's a hebrew um it's a hebrew name mm-hmm. Um, we probably pronounce it in the French way because mm-hmm. Hebrew would be Yael. Mm-hmm. But but um, yeah, you know she's uh, she's a character from Judges chapter four. Okay. Um, you know everyone talks about Deborah, mm-hmm. but Deborah didn't kill. She didn't kill the enemy. Mm-hmm. Jael killed the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my initials are JL. Then that's so I just okay. picked up on. <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that because that's how that's how I, I was explaining to everybody how how we would pronounce it. Right, right. You know, right. Just, yeah. we sent out the birth announcement. I said we're pronouncing it like the two letters J L. Right, because right. we get way off. Because see, the people <laughs> people been mispronouncing my name forever. Really? Yeah, my name's French. Jeffrey? No. Jeffrey Eugene Logion. That's my real name. See, it's not no Jeffrey Eugene Logan, but I just have to say that the way I was taught to say it culturally, Reverend yeah. Robinson, that's the way I was taught to say it. So, yeah. so um, and that's the one thing I share with people as we tip with the music. Um, you know, some people use music as an alarm, but if I use music as an alarm, it has to be something crazy because I sleep to music. So music is not going to wake me up. Right. You know, actually, it's, it's a calming effect. And you know, and again, and it, and the volume can be up. It just doesn't matter. But if it's going to be something to wake me up, it has to be something. You know, somebody just banging off kilter, and out of order on something that might alarm me, if you will. But if it's any type of music, you know, I could I could sleep on and on and on. Okay, Reverend Robs, you got anything else on um, creation? I'm good. I know you was gonna say that. <laughs> you good? <laughs> All right, so this is Monday Maintenance, so here we go. Um, Let's talk about uh, maintenance a little bit. And again, of course, we have Calm Culture, a creation. 
Uh, we're looking at Monday maintenance and um, think about, you know, most people, you know, coming out of the weekend, coming into Monday and um, some um, things related to maintenance that they could uh, potentially do on how we look at maintenance and what maintenance is. And again, I'm going to start, I'm going to come back to you, Jeff. You know, you're checking the battery, so it's good. I'm about, well, you know, yeah. I, I get concerned. Mm-hmm. I want to stay calm about it. Um, so maintenance, so Monday maintenance, so, you know, it's like, um, if we look at it from, or if I look at it from the perspective of what am I trying to maintain, first of all, you know, you got to define it, um, and maintenance to me is you are trying to keep things a certain way, um, maintain a certain structure in the way that you do things. Um, <clears throat> for instance, most mornings I stop off at uh, Dunkin' Donuts and get a cup of hot chocolate. When the wet, and during the fall season, I only do it like fall through like early winter, and that's the only time. But um, maintaining things in my life, like I work out every day uh, at the end of my day. And the reason I do that is because it, I work in a highly stressful environment, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be that calm in that storm, right. if you will. So, but I, but I realize from a stress perspective yeah. that I need to do something to counteract all of that stress that I felt in that job. So I go home and I work out, trying to maintain my physical health, my stamina, um, develop more muscle than this thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was rubbing my stomach, you all, for those of you. Um, So it's, again, maintenance for me is maintaining things that speak into your life in a good way. But also then like splitting a line right there to then say, well, what are the things in your life that are out of kilter, if you will, that you need to get control over and come up with a plan so that you can maintain um, uh, things in a better way. You need to sort of build on things in your life that you need to work on as well. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, Reverend Robson, you hear maintenance or you know tying it in in any aspect? Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, well, like you say, I work. So my 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 career was uh, auto technician. Mm-hmm. So so maintenance as far as your automobile. Uh, it's, it's one thing we can also apply to life. Uh, I, I, I have not done one yet. I wanted to do a, uh, a Bible versus, scripture versus uh, uh, your maintenance book in your car to take care of your car. Okay. And in both cases, uh, you'll find that most folks take better care of the car than they do their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Oh, you preaching now. <laughs> so, so in your when you purchase a car, you know you need you need to change the oil on a regular basis, mm-hmm. rotate the tires, rotate the tires, and every now and then you need to look over. That's general maintenance on an automobile. I'll tell you about from experience. If you change your oil on a regular basis and keep it out, just the general maintenance of your car, the car will go a long way. The the other side of the coin is is we as we strive to do what God calls us to do, have a tendency, uh, like some open cars, want to put the maintenance to the side and do what we want to do instead of following 
what God has instructed us to do. Uh, so once again, I'm going to use the fact that if we put God first in the morning, uh, your meditation, your reading the scripture, that you write, write, and that's the first thing in the morning to maintain the rest of your day. Or if we go back to Monday, Monday maintenance, you need to start the week all right. Uh, of course, we had church on Sunday. You take the same uh, inspiration and get your schedule ready for, for Monday and also to handle the rest of the week. All right. Robert? Yeah, so um, to maintain, in my mind, speaks to steadiness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, staying on course. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you... Uh, you know, Reverend Robinson, you know, really, really capped it off very well in terms of uh, that comparison. You know, we know that there's certain things that will keep us running steady. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that, you know, we enjoy uh, in the short term mm-hmm. that cost us in the long term. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't speak to, to steadiness, that mm-hmm. don't speak to maintenance, but uh, speaks to a kind of recklessness. And if we're, you know, if we're not going to be mature about it, Maybe that's the other M, <laughs> you know. Uh, maturity, mm-hmm. you know, is necessary for that kind of maintenance, mm-hmm. uh, where we take maintenance over, you know, the reckless approach mm-hmm. to things. Um, specifically about Monday maintenance, you know, the other M I was thinking about, you know, was margin. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I think, like, uh, you know, I, I haven't clicked 50 yet. You know, so so uh, you know it's it's closer to me than than than, than it is to you know some of my siblings who uh, and some of my cousins you know who are still like for whatever reason having this huge differential you know between weekend and weekday mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like like yo. Uh, we gotta work, you know. We got families. Mm-hmm. We, we care about different people that, and we care for certain persons that that, that need us. So, you know, living on on twenty mm-hmm. on the weekends, mm-hmm. and then you know, uh, trying to maintain you know an eight <laughs> during the week is not mm-hmm. gonna work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it doesn't work now mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. In my 40s, you know, I may have made it work in my 20s, mm-hmm. but you know, some of that, and again, Reverend Robinson spoke to it in terms of you know, starting off the week correctly, right. you know, in worship and thankfulness towards God right. in, in, in a worship service. I mean, you know, uh, it's it's you know, it, it's it's interesting, right? Because like the world says, Sunday's the end of the weekend. But, but we see it as the beginning of the week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now, the calendar says it's the beginning of the week, you know, but the world is like, well, it's the end of the weekend, so so extend your Saturday into Sunday, mm-hmm. but then, you know, the consequences bump into Monday, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, you need margin, man, you know, like, like, even for vacations, you know, Thanksgiving coming up, mm-hmm. like, I remember traveling a lot, you know, I'm not coming back Sunday night mm-hmm. thinking I can go to work the next day. Right, right, right. That's, that, that doesn't work. You know, I'm mm-hmm. coming back Saturday night because mm-hmm. I got to get to church. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. You know, and and um, and then from there, you know, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm back in the rhythm again. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
So uh, we need maturity and we need margin if we're gonna do Monday maintenance. Mm -hmm. How's that for alliteration? How's that? <laughs> yes, sir. And I like the word um, that you uh, shared in reference to maintenance about a rhythm. Because yeah. a lot of times when something or if they're coming back to whether it's a vehicle, uh, you know, when something's out of rhythm, you know, when you hear a, a tat, 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 or you say, oh, it's missing, it's missing. Yeah. I, it's, you know, it's going, but it's missing. Um, whether it's pistons or something's not firing off right, spark plug. Um, right. But when you have a rhythm and it's a smooth rhythm, it speaks to uh, things being, um, you know, in order, and uh, it speaks to, uh, you know, a particular a level of calmness. Uh, you know, not necessarily just being calm outright, but uh, but if you have a smooth rhythm there. Okay. Anybody else? Anything on maintenance? Uh, no. All right, but I'm gonna jump right into it. We've talked, we mentioned a host of things relating to maintenance. Now we're gonna look at preventive maintenance. Preventive maintenance, and I'm gonna start out with you, Eric. Preventive maintenance. Yeah, yeah, so pre preventative maintenance, as I understand it, you know, has to do with doing those things that, that uh, you know, it's proactive. Mm -hmm. It's about being proactive and saying, you know, uh, before <laughs> before the problem occurs, you know, I've I've set a few things in order, and and if and if I if, if I keep the right kind of structure, right, if I keep the right kind of order and priorities, then I can actually avoid the acute need, you know, for maintenance, you know, and so so. Um, you know, uh, Pastor Barry, uh, Dr. Barry knows very well uh, the limitations that I experience in terms of driving. So, so I'm not even going to attempt to make a uh, a driving analogy. You know, uh, so I'll just pass on that. But, 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 um, but ultimately, you know, uh, I think it goes back to maturity as well. You know, you can you can wait for the crash and then maintain. You know. <laughs> or, or you know, look for maintenance there, or you know you can do some intelligent things ahead of time mm -hmm. to prevent it. So. All right, Reverend Robinson, preventive maintenance. So I'm, I'm going back to the cars again. Mm -hmm. So, so just in general, we talk about preventive maintenance. So I did mention tires. So uh, check air pressure, I rotate the tires, and the front end alignment. And the reason why I do talk about those being pre-maintenance, if you had to do a, a survey or research on automobile accidents, you probably figure out that most of those accidents were, were wrong because of tires. Uh, and I use, I use tires because I can physically look at a tire and tell you what's good or bad, or what needs to be replaced. Mm -hmm. Most folks won't, won't check the tires or rotate tires, won't have front alignment. So when the tires wear, you have less traction on the road, which if you did new tires or took care of your tires, it will prevent an accident. Hmm. So the same way in our lives is a lot of times we we won't do what's right until we're in the midst of what we didn't do before we got there and it wouldn't happen in the first place. So Jeff works out and I think Reverend Barry works out. 
So that working out is maintenance to keep our body functioning properly or as best as we can. Because, uh, you know, age is just age, you know, things we can't control. But then again, it stops you from dealing with some of the things that could happen to you if you didn't work out at all. So mm-hmm. I look at that as perfect makes once again in the Word. As the more we study the Word, when our trials and tribulations come, we are able to handle them better because we prepare before the event happens. All right, brother Eric. He he works out too. He's a he worked he walks about ten thousand steps or more uh, daily. So you know he, he uh, okay. and I'm getting back at it. You know and uh, okay. so I'm trying to they're my they're my examples. I'm trying to follow their lead. So okay, go ahead. Reverend Robinson, brother Eric got a quick question for you. Reverend Robinson, how often how often should 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 an average uh, vehicle have their tires replaced a year or, or, or rotated a year? Uh, it's check the maintenance book. It depends on your oil changes. Okay. Most 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 maintenance recommend that you change you rotate the tire every second oil change. Wow. Every yeah. second oil yeah. change. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. No yeah. Yeah. They say that's a good. Whether you do miles or not, it says, you know, it doesn't matter. Every yeah, every other oil change, you should have your tires rotated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it just, just looked like you had, like, a several oil changes without having your tires rotated. That's what your face looked like. I've never had my tires rotated. Oh, he says he, he's never had his tires rotated. That's what I'm saying. That's what. That's what. So you're talking about preventive maintenance, right? You done messed my culture up. You done messed my comma up. And now I done got created a problem by not getting the dog on tires. Man, and I need to go and get them tires rotated when I immediately when I leave here. I'm in deep peril right now. Well, go ahead. Right on into preventive maintenance. Yeah. Obviously, I gotta go into preventive maintenance. I'm heading for a crash. Um, but staying staying with, with that metaphor and analogy, um, I would say the road is our journey in life. And uh, the car is us, each individual. And as, you, as you've already eloquently stated, well, both of you all have, what we are doing to that car what we're pouring into that car, how we're taking care of that car, is going to determine how far we go. Um, and we've got opposing traffic, other individuals coming at us. We've got people doing lane changes that, that, that are cutting you off on certain things. Um, they're reading road signs differently based on their cultural experiences that you have not that you're looking at saying, that sign says slow down, or that sign says stop, but they're going through. Um, you can We could play with it so many different ways, but we are responsible for this dwelling, this, 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 this body houses our soul. And so the preventative maintenance piece for me would be, Jeff, what are you doing to take care of you totally? Um, spiritual realm, we, we've already talked about like all four of us work out. Um, 
And sometimes my workouts don't seem like it's working out because it's like mm -hmm. I'm fighting the bot, uh, you know, the battle of the bulge. And it's like, what's going on with my metabolism? What's up? So you know, and then you go to it, you go to the. Uh, but but I, I wanted to take it here though. But who we get our advice from, who we get our uh, counsel from. Um, now that I know about this, uh, Reverend Robinson, I can reach out to you and be like, hey, uh, something going on with my vehicle. Um, and you'll be thinking I'm talking about a car, but I could be talking about me. Saying I just want to, you know, I need a word. Uh, you know, help, help a brother out. And um, who we let speak into our lives is just as important. So what I'm trying to say is where we get our information from to keep this car fully functioning is very critical. And um, so you need even instruction in, like, you know I mean, somebody could just open up a Bible, but unless they've got some some type of template that they're going to utilize to go through, there's certain things that they may not be able to understand or discern or pick up. So um, I just looking at it, I'm looking at it from, again, like a metaphoric perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the analogy of, you know, again, staying with the, the car thing. And, and so um, I thought I was doing okay. Mm -hmm. But now based on what you shared, I realized that, you know, I, I, got some, I got some preventative maintenance I got to do. ASAP. Mm -hmm. ASAP. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, I mean, this is bring, it brings us full circle back to the preventive Maintenance brings us full circle back to the calm, mm -hmm. back to the uh, the culture creation for me, and of course it's the mindset that I try to stay in. But it's bringing us back to to doing these things to um, that will help us. Whether it's going in from Sunday beginning, coming into Monday, mm -hmm. whether it's dealing with a car, whether it's dealing with a um, particular environment that you might be in, and you're trying to counter that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the calm and the preventive piece uh, comes back uh, to right back full circle uh, to the beginning of the process, if you will. Um, so that's, um, in a nutshell, what we have. I'm going to give each of you just a, uh, you know, a moment to kind of give us a, um, you know, just a nugget that you would just leave uh, those that might tune in to the podcast with um, something that you, you know, in life, maybe you just wanted to drop a nugget. I'm going to give you that opportunity to do that. And then we're going to wrap up until we meet again, if you will. So I'm going to start right in the middle. Uh, Brother Eric, you right there looking at me. I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I was looking through you <laughs> actually <laughs> a nugget what kind of nugget can I leave besides a chicken nugget that's in my mind right now <laughs> um, you know um, I guess going back to my dad um, I was I was on my walk this morning with, with Reverend Broadway and um, and I and I dropped this nugget on him because because uh, I thought I thought the moment called for it. Um, my dad would have these weird, weird sayings, and one of them, uh, I told you the one about quiet spring. Spring is quiet. But the other one was was hurry up slowly. Mm. And I used to hear him say that, and as a child, you know, I said, this man 
you know, you know, dad, dad, you know, he drank some. I'm like, is he on something? Like, like, what, what? Did he mix the rum with something wrong today? Or what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, hurry up slowly. But, but, uh, you know, I, I came to to understand that what he was trying to do was talk about striking a balance. Okay. Right? Between the two. Right. You know, right. That that yeah, there are times that you gotta go a little quicker, you know, and not lollygag, but but you know, you, you can't go you can't go without breaks. Right. right. You, need, right. You, need, you need breaks sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, so 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 uh life life requires that kind of balance. Okay. And and, and that's kind of what what uh what I got from it. Okay. I'm gonna go to Reverend Robinson. I'm gonna come back to Jeff. I just got. I'm in red. It just gave me a heads up that the oh, recording time is 60 minutes, oh, and we have 56. Okay. Reverend Robinson, give me a nugget. Okay. Uh, a reading of the the, the uh, I guess I hurry, hurry, up <laughs> hurry up slowly. Hurry up slowly, Reverend Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Communicating as life moves is such a uh, uh, we need to read that every now and then. Okay. Uh, so we understand that we do it, what what is instructed to us. Now, uh, the little phrase I used, to, I used to use, my my former pastor always gave it back to me. I heard it on the radio yesterday morning. Uh, everybody want to do everything today fast, quick, and in a hurry, which uh, is no such thing. All right. <laughs> Jeff, you got a minute. I was gonna say, be intentional. Be intentional about your walk. Be intentional about your walk, and I'm gonna maintain right there, uh, Deacon Dose. I think, I mean, I know the the next time I preach, I mean, but it's just stuck with me that with your dad, that quiet strength, because a lot of times when I think when I think I'm there, you know, something happens to throw me off a of kilt, and I'm like, man, I should be, I should be there, but quiet strength. So I want to say thank you to each of you as we wrap up this section. As far as Monday Maintenance here in Calm Culture Creations, it's been my awesome uh, privilege to have each of you. Jeff, to have you here. Deacon Dose, to have you here. Reverend Robinson, almost heaven, even though you're on the phone line, to have you here with us. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. And Godspeed. God bless you. God bless both, all three of you all. All of you too. In your, in your ministries. Individually and collectively. Thank you.